0: When I first opened up, I literally was going to have um, a sign put up on the wall, because every single day somebody would come in and say, Sherwood needed this.
1: You're listening to Why Try, the podcast. Deb Bianarello is founder of 503 On Court, a local wine bar in Sherwood, Oregon. One of the things that seems to resonate with her, and I think that really contributes to her success, among many other things, is her ability to cultivate and engage her community, Whether in her bar or with the Sherwood Wine Festival, this seems to be at the heart of her endeavors. Speaking of which, the Wine Festival for 2018 will take place on June 29th and 30th at the Sherwood Center for the Arts. For all of you who are interested in that. But in the meantime, I hope you'll enjoy learning from Deb Giannarello.
0: I really wanted to focus on featuring and highlighting local wineries. I'm really bringing attention specifically to Sherwood. There was a lot of wineries popping up around Sherwood and people didn't know that they existed. Had a love for wine. Do not have a formal wine background or education, but just had a love for wine and a business mind and love running small businesses. So just decided that maybe a wine bar would be a great way to feature a lot of local wineries And then from there, it grew to not just the local wineries within Sherwood, but then it grew to surrounding areas. And then it grew to Northwest, just trying to hit all the touch points of the different styles of wine that people would want to drink.
1: Sure. Yeah. How do you decide what to carry?
0: It's really based on what I like, what I see my customers ordering and liking. And sometimes, honestly, it even comes down to who the winemaker is and their passion for their wine, because a lot of times that will come through.
1: What does that look like?
0: I think it's similar to my business model. The more you put into your business, the more love and passion you put into your business, the more people are going to appreciate it and love it, you know? And most of these people as small winemakers, boutique winemakers are making some pretty amazing wines, but they are small. So they don't have the ability to promote themselves very well to do big marketing campaigns like some of the bigger wineries. And so I just feel like it's my job to help feature them and, and, highlight them and, you know, give them a little more visibility. And it's fun.
1: <laughs> sure. well, what do you think you're most proud of in your business?
0: Most proud of, I think, is the pace of our growth. I knew Sherwood needed something like this, a wine bar, or something other than just a pub for people to hang out and enjoy great wine. Didn't know it would be received as well as it has been, which is phenomenal, you know. And so we've grown Really quickly, um, a lot of family and friends thought I was crazy opening a bar restaurant type business because there's such high risk. And so it feels good to kind of prove them wrong.
1: Like, how did you know this was an opportunity? What led you? What gave you the confidence in that?
0: Wow. Okay. So besides just having this idea, and I'm I'm a bit of a big picture dreamer kind of person. You know, I do have to rein myself in sometimes because I want to keep trying new projects. You're an entrepreneur. So besides that, I just went into it with a very, um, spiritual mindset of if it's supposed to happen, things will fall into place. And so it started with quitting my job so that I could focus on writing the business plan and getting it done quickly. Um, submitting that business plan to a bank, getting approved within two weeks finding a location literally within days and things just kept falling into place. And so I kept moving forward with the mindset of if the doors start to shut or if this becomes too complicated or too difficult, I'm not going to do it. It's not the right time. And even down to working with the city who people kept saying, oh, that's going to be so challenging and getting approvals and OLCC and getting those approvals and everything went really smooth and fairly quickly. And so it was only, gosh, maybe three months from start to finish of getting open, which was a very huge goal. It was a lot of work. Um, I was kind of a whip snapper when it came to getting everything remodeled and I just wanted to get open. I knew I needed to do this and uh, I knew so I So you
1: wanted. remodeled everything under three months. Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> it looks amazing.
0: Yes. Thank you. But yes. Well, and we didn't even start in this location. We actually started next door, which is about 500 square feet, thinking that that would be plenty of space. I thought, I don't need employees. I'll just work it myself. And within the first couple of weeks, I realized A, I need employees. I can't do this all by myself. It's just too busy. And within the first six months, I recognized that the space was not going to be large enough. And so this space next door was coming available. And some of it was already remodeled, but we obviously had to do a lot to make it look like a bar because it was a bank.
1: How long were you in your first location? One year. Just a year. Okay. One year.
0: And just over, I would say we were at about the 13-month mark when we moved into this space. So it was July 15th of two thousand. 15 and we've been here ever since so may 31st will be our four-year anniversary but july would be three years in this location but most people don't even realize people will come in that haven't been in a long time and think i just busted open some walls and spread it out you know they don't realize it's a different spot but that's fine
1: something that people have talked to talked about it's like the sense of like community and like how has that played out for you specifically
0: That was huge for me. I mean, I've had other businesses businesses in the past. So I was already connected with Sherwood Chamber, Tualatin Chamber, other networking groups. I'm a huge advocate for business networking. I belong to a number of women's networking groups. And so that was huge. And just living and raising my children in Sherwood for the last 20 years, I had a lot of connections. And so I do think that had a huge play in being successful so quickly. You know,
1: I was. You had a network already. Already had a network in
0: place. And so I started spreading the word before we were opening our doors so that the day we opened, boom, people were, people were waiting, you know. So I, I am a huge advocate for that and still very involved as much as I can be. You know, my time is pretty limited now. Um, I have very long days. But when I can, I, I get involved with Chamber as much as I can. Um, there's a, an organization called Main Street, which is, Strictly the downtown Sherwood businesses that I try to stay involved with, so we know what's going on around the community. Um, I I call this place my social venue because I am here a lot, so this is how I get to see all my friends and and continue to build that network.
1: Something I was like really curious about was like how you've been like so successful, kind of like out of the gate. Mm-hmm. My hypothesis would be that the reason like a lot of so many businesses in this in these like industries fail is because they can't get people in the door mm-hmm. that those first like few months or or keep them coming back. Right. right. Um, is that like accurate?
0: I do think it's accurate. I mean, I think that's why so many people thought I was crazy even trying to do this because it is so high risk. But I think it was a combination of I saw a need in our small town, which is definitely growing rapidly. Uh, I had really good connections. So I had already kind of planted the seed and knew that people wanted something like this and just offering the best service we can offer. When I talk about a wine bar and when you look at my wine bar compared to maybe some wine bars in downtown Portland that are truly about the wine. And yes, we're about the wine here, but we're also just about community and connecting people. And so I think that's Part of what brings people back is we not, we are not snooty about the wine. If you don't know anything about wine, that's okay. You know, if you want to be introduced to it, I'll start you off with something I think that you would like. But we also have beer. We also have cocktails. So it's not about only the wine here. And I mean, I have people come in all the time that have just moved to the area and they sit down at the bar and I'll immediately introduce them to somebody else, you know? So a lot of friendships have been built here. Which is pretty cool, you know. So I think that's – I've sometimes referred to it as the Sherwood Cheers, you know. Um, And when I first opened up, I literally was going to have um, a sign put up on the wall because every single day somebody would come in and say, Sherwood needed this. Like those exact words. And I seriously felt like I needed to create like a hashtag or just put a big sign on the wall that said Sherwood needed this because that's all I kept hearing from people.
1: What works well for creating that community – it seems like you have a real gift for it.
0: I mean, I guess, I guess it, I am very transparent. So this is who I am, you know. Um, and I do look for employees who have a very friendly, outgoing personality. Again, none of my employees have ever had a wine education. That was not important to me. It was, how do you relate to the customers? Are you going to take care of the customers? Are you going to feel like, are you going to make them feel like they're at home? You know, I've got bartenders that the minute somebody walks in the door, they know exactly what that person likes to drink. They remember their names. That's more important to people typically than, you know, having the most prestigious wine on the yeah, shelf. Yeah, it's
1: like pedigreed sommelier. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we
0: like to carry good wine and yeah. we do and we rotate our wines. But again, that's not what it's really about for me.
1: Yeah. So much of it is just about people. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's all about the people.
1: Um, One thing I was curious, because you've been in Sherwood for a long time, Mm -hmm. Um, what's the way that you think the city has changed most over like 20 years?
0: Obviously the growth. I mean, when I moved to Sherwood in 1998, I think there was maybe over 7,000 people here. And I don't even know. I think we're now at like 21, 22,000 people. So it's just been the growth, the amount of houses that have popped up. But on the positive side, I still feel like Sherwood is a small town. Everybody still knows everybody, good or bad. Everybody knows everybody's business, and there's been such a an amazing revitalization of the downtown Sherwood. I mean, it was kind of a ghost town when I moved here. Yeah, there was that not. That has much. been cool to see. Yes, it- yes. There's been so much growth, and and more businesses trying to open up down here, and uh, I think a combination of community desire and city desire of keeping it to. Um, locally owned businesses, small businesses, you know, nothing against the chains, but I don't think they really fit in the old town vibe.
1: Right. It seems like it's a real um, like sanctuary almost. People really yeah. expect and appreciate that from yes. this part of the city.
0: Absolutely. And we all support each other. You know, we, there, when whenever there's big events, we're talking about it together. So we all know what to expect And just, I mean, there's different business owners that I communicate with and what are you doing for marketing or do you have any events coming up that, you know, we can support you with and things like that. Yeah.
1: Like how long did it take before you could like break even consistently?
0: Honestly, if I were able to take, I did have to do startup loans. You know, I did not have a big wad of cash sitting in the bank waiting for me to just blow it on a bar. Um, I did have to take out loans and I'm still paying off those loans. Um, The goal would be to have those paid off. My goal is maybe within the next three years. Um, but if those were taken out of the equation, we were breaking even, even like within the first year, yeah. which is unheard of for a bar, uh, restaurant type business. And so like my goal, I'm just driving hard to get those paid off because I love the idea of being debt free and just knowing that everything we make is Right now, everything I make either goes back into the business or paying off the business, you know, because we are in growth mode. Um, but it's just, it's just off the horizon. I can see
1: it. Did you ever have doubt that it would be successful or did you ever feel like doubting yourself? Oh, yeah.
0: There's, there's definitely days. Um, there's been months, you know, after the holidays, January, February are typically not good revenue months for this type of industry. Um, and so the first couple of years it was like, Oh, what did I do? You know, but then this year we didn't have the dip like I ha but I was prepared for it. So I've learned, you know, this is also a learning curve for me. I've never run a restaurant before. So this year I went into the, the January, February, March season prepared and just really cut back as much as I possibly could. And we had great months. So it's, you know, I think it's, it's a constant learning process for for me, for my staff, for everybody. And it is the type of industry you never know. I, you know, I could staff up and think we're gonna have an amazing Friday night, because Fridays are our best nights. And it's quiet. <laughs> and then the next day it's we're just packed to the walls. And so it's that's probably one of the biggest challenges is just staffing and knowing what to expect on a daily basis. You know, I might do the schedule two weeks in advance and then we have a beautiful sunny day when we haven't had sun for two weeks and everybody comes out of the woodwork so
1: yeah i'm in oregon especially yes exactly so
0: yeah sun is good for my business it
1: It really sounds like engagement with the community is something important to you what else can you tell me about that within the context of your business
0: one of the things that i've done as an extension of the business i had this vision of doing a wine festival and so uh, for my first anniversary, we just did a big celebratory party. And then going into the second anniversary, I thought, okay, well, we don't need to do an anniversary party every year. Let's do a wine festival. It was basically like starting a whole new business. <laughs> I would
1: imagine. I, would imagine. <laughs> I did not
0: realize what I was taking on. I've never thrown a festival before, just big parties. But it's been, it's been amazing. Uh, so we're actually coming into our third year of doing a wine festival. But this year... What I decided was it needed to be separate from my business. I needed to be able to just run the business. And so we've hired an event coordinator. Um, the festival is now its own nonprofit 501c3 foundation, Sherwood Wine Foundation. So I'm still very, very much involved but it's now its own foundation, where um, we've we've created this mission, which is part of the whole reason I started it in the first place, which was to support local industry, local businesses in the hospitality wine industry, and whether that turns into be scholarships or maybe some business grants that that is the goal. And so this year's festival will be june twenty ninth and thirtieth, and we're we've also now partnered with the city so that we could have it at the center for the arts. So we have more space and hope to just see it continue to grow into, you know, another annual tradition around Sherwood.
1: What did it take to put that together? (laughs)
0: Call it ignorance as far as how much work is involved. But I just started reaching out to all the wineries that I work with. The first year we kept it Sherwood only. You had to have a a Sherwood address as a winery to be involved. I wanted to keep it small enough not knowing what I was getting into. Um, so we did that. S- uh, permits, you know, I mean, there's definitely a lot that goes on behind the scenes that I had no idea. And thank goodness for help and uh, some amazing help, actually, to handle a lot of the logistics and a lot of the paperwork. So there's a lot involved in permits and processes and renting equipment and tents and
1: who are the people that helped you get that stuff done? Uh,
0: initially, the first year, my sister-in-law, who has a lot of uh, experience in doing events, not this large, but experience, she and I pretty much partnered together and did the whole thing. Wow. And then last year, uh, another gal who came on board to help, who is now the event coordinator this year. So she was kind of shadowing with us last year. So last year, it was pretty much the three of us. This year, now that we're a nonprofit, we have created a committee. So we have a actual whole board of uh, Sherwood Wine Festival committee helping, which has helped a lot. I mean, that's just this person's handling volunteers. This person's the treasurer. This person's handling getting sponsorships, you know, so it's taken, it's taken some workload off my shoulders, but considering I still consider it my baby, you know, I'm, I'm, extremely involved i mean and i will be all the way through and then the day after the festival i disappear for about a week because <laughs> i'm exhausted
1: um and then uh, just going forward what are you most excited i'm about? excited
0: to see our growth where we go what is that
1: what does growing look like growing
0: means uh, additional locations so i'm still in the thought process again i want to approach it with when the timing's right i'll know it I do have a son who's graduating this year and then heading off to college, so I I had to force myself to not pursue a second location this year because I really decided I wanted to be home for family. And opening this place, I I remember how many hours it took. I mean, I work a lot of hours now, but I was non-existent at home the first year that I opened this location. So I decided to wait until he leaves for college. So my goal would be definitely by maybe the end of 2018 or early 2019 to, to open a second location. Started putting feelers out there and talking to different people and looking at potential uh, cities to open up. I want the same atmosphere. I want the same vibe. I want it to be in like these small towns where there's that walkability factor. So yeah, just doing some research and looking at the demographics
1: anything that looks good at this point or is it too early early
0: to say say. i mean i've got my ideas but i have to keep those quiet (laughs) totally reasonable reasonable.
1: what do you do outside of your business to relax
0: yeah i think when i do have time off um my days consist of either leaving town so that i am truly off And that means going to the beach. You know, that is definitely where I find my respite and and relax. When I stay home or like in the evenings when I do get off work, it takes a little while to wind down when you first get home. So I've become much more of a night owl than I used to be. So my go-to is HGTV and things that don't make you think very hard. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Thanks so much for sharing your time with me. Thank you. You can learn more about Deb's business, 503 Uncorked, including upcoming events and happy hours at 503uncorked.com. Music for this podcast is by Cambrian Explosion, whose drummer, as a child, reached such havoc upon his household that he was sent to bed without supper, whereupon his bedroom underwent a mysterious transformation, and he ended up sailing to a jungle island inhabited by enormous hairy beasts. But after successfully intimidating the creatures, he is hailed as their king and becomes their friend. Eventually, though, he got lonely and decided to return home, much to the dismay of his new friends. The happy ending, though, that upon reaching his bedroom, he discovered a hot supper waiting for him. What an adventure. If you want more entrepreneurial tidbits sprinkled throughout your week, as well as notifications of new episodes, check out my Twitter feed at Ytribe Podcast. I've also begun a monthly newsletter with resources and upcoming workshops for budding entrepreneurs. So if that sounds like something you'd like to learn more about, you can sign up at nicholaspeel.com. you've already signed up and haven't gotten an email, make sure to check your junk folder. It's not spam. I promise. It's really good stuff. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.